from John Carpenter. Something strange. Weird. Gruesome. Painful. Sexy. Yes, yes! Hello, folks. It's me, Brennan Klein, a horror expert. And hello, children. It is I, Sergio, a non-expert. Can you point the mic at your face? It's pointed at my face. It was like at your chin again, proving once more your non-expertitude. Okay, whatever. That's a dog outside. That's a wolf. It is howling, (laughs) or it is spooktober. Anyway, yeah, Shocktober, and uh, welcome back to Scream 101. Ooh. <laughs> this is our actually, this is our final week of Shocktober and thus John Carpenter month. Yeah, um, we're going to be reviewing his 1993 anthology film, Body Bags. But first, let's do, some, let's do some 10 word reviews right. of movies we watched in the past week. I'm going to start with Ben and Arthur, The Room of Gay Movies. Togo's Coffee and Jesus Forever. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. That was lyrical. All right. Um, I too saw Ben and Arthur. As much gay fun as worst dressed at the Oscars. Okay. Sure. Um, and I married a monster from outer space. The Rosemary's Baby of 50s sci-fi, only way more boring. <laughs> I saw nothing, so end scene. Okay, great. Um, that's what happened there um anyway i guess we're here on body bags already um there's no really good plot uh summary online for this so let's kind of make up our own so this is an anthology series two of the segments were directed by john carpenter and one was directed by toby hooper um they're introduced by john carpenter as the coroner who's like that was him yeah that was john carpenter i did not know did you not listen to when i was talking at the end of last episode no you never do i never do Anyway, um, last episode was a terrible one-off episode. Okay. Yeah, it I was. think we can all admit that it was just—it was a bad movie. Sorry, it was. No, I liked that movie. You liked In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, John Carpenter plays this crypt keeper-esque fellow who's opening the body bags of people who die in violent ways, and then we get to see the story of how they came to be within that very same body bag. Fun fact. I liked that little plot device. Yes, so did I. And I. it's also a very similar plot device as um, Tales from the Hood, which is another excellent uh, horror anthology. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so the three of them are called... Body Bags. These seem wrong. One these, was called these Hair. Wrong. Yeah, one was called Hair, one was called The Gas Station, one was called I, I think. Um, the gas station is about a young woman who's working alone at a gas station at night. There's a bunch of patrons who come in that are creepy because there's a killer lurking in the town, which is yep. Haddonfield. Do, 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 What's do, Haddonfield? That's the town where Michael Myers is from. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Oh, did I really know that? Well, I told you about it. I mean, you did. Oh, shoot. I forgot another 10-word review. I watched Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Um, I'm just going to say super bad plus zombies. It was fun. And I was remembering that because there is a reference to Haddonfield in that on a road sign. And I was like, all the movies love Haddonfield. 
Okay, you know. Okay, great. Um, so back to this. Yeah. Um, so she's working at a gas station, and there's a killer on the loose. And she has creepy gas. One of which is a little-known guy known by the name of Wes. Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Yeah. There's a lot of awesome cameos from horror people. Sam Raimi is in that sketch as a dead body. The American um, Werewolf from London is there. Yes, uh, David Naughton. He's who, apparently back from London. Yeah, apparently he's he's trekked back across the pond. He has aged by this point. I found him very handsome in American Werewolf, but like he still like has an air of distinction. No, about he definitely him. does. But like twelve years on, it's like I see you. But like, listen, in twelve years, like let's. I let's, know. Let's let's none of us are judgment. pretending. Yeah, you're right. Um. Anyway, so and then the the one about. The hair is Stacy Keach is uh, self-conscious because he's balding. Uh-huh. So he has this experimental hair treatment, which like spoilers, we're spoiling this, um, basically injects these alien snakes into him that turn into hair and poke out of his body and then mm-hmm. destroy him. Yeah. Um, and then the final one is the Toby Hooper one. Mark Hamill gets in a, he's a baseball player. He's married to Twiggy. He is married to Twiggy. It's a, it's the weirdest on-screen couple since, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. It's the weirdest on-set couple since... Oh, were they actually a couple? No. Okay. It's the weirdest couple since Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher in Star Wars. <laughs> Gross. Listen, we all thought that, okay? Like, it was in there. Okay. Well, you're right. Anyway, so Mark Hamill's a baseball player. He's married to Twiggy. He gets into an accident that um, a shard of glass gets lodged into his eye. Uh, FX score coming at you soon. Um... But he gets a replacement eye, and it, guess what? It's the eye of a serial killer, and it drives him to want to murder Twiggy, um, which I kind of did too because her accent was preposterous. Um, it was like half British, half American. She was she was trying something, and it wasn't working. Um, but so he eventually stabs out his own eye. So that's fun. It's very much um, people get the thing that they want, and that thing doesn't turn out to be very good for them, a la, you know, EC Comics and whatnot. Uh-huh. Except for the gas station one, which is a really straightforward slasher-type situation. Yeah, question. Yes. Which of the three did you like best? Ooh, that's a great question. And probably the gas station one. Me too. Yeah, I liked the isolation of the main character, even though she was dumb as a box of rocks, mm-hmm. with a bag of rocks inside of it. She was so dumb. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to just leave this door open and leave the keys inside, and I'm going to keep walking out of my shelter, which is locked, to go talk to these strange men who are spooky. And I'm, uh, she was so frustrating. She was so typical horror girl-esque. She girl. really was. But that, um, that segment climaxed on a really great kill. Um, the killer gets a car... Um, lowered onto him from the like car garage thing uh-huh. with you know with the, the you know things how, like, that go up and down. Mechanics have to work on a car. Yeah, the hydraulic lift thing. Yeah, he gets one lowered onto him, and he gets crushed, and blood just goes everywhere, and it's really cool. Yeah, it literally squirts out of him. Yeah, that was an awesome death. It's like Even, when you pop a zit, but it popped basically his blood out. Yeah, just a human. He was a human zit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, as always, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. And obviously, there are three very different uh, stories at play here, but we're kind of going to generally give a score and then kind of break it down a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, my scores are pretty much like overall scores. Okay, um, yeah, but me too. But certain movies count for more, I should say. Yeah, they, they tip think, the balance. Yeah, and I think scariness is a prime example of that. Okay, um, what's your score? I gave it two. Two screams. So two did I. Two screams. And the only reason they got two screams at all was because of the gas station one. Yeah, that one I found was really effective. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of atmosphere. A lot of tension. 
you felt for this girl. You were like, no, don't do this. Why did you do that? You forgot the key. Why'd you forget the uh-huh. key? Yeah, it, it's engaging. The story was engaging uh-huh. in its dumb horror movie characterness. You felt for her. You were like, oh, I just want you to go to med school, little girl. Mm-hmm. Little and girl. and ha- having worked alone at a place where it's just you studying and occasional customers, mm-hmm. like I could totally relate to her situation, although it was not a nighttime gas station. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, no, so that was super fun. Um, I gave it two out of five scariness. Yeah, because that one's atmospheric, and the music is actually in any way reminiscent of John Carpenter music. He did contribute the music to this film along mm-hmm. with someone else whose name I do not remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one, the Stacy Keach hair one, that music was just straight up elevator music the entire time. It was not very good. Yeah. The music was elevator music. And also like this one, uh, um, I guess we're comparing apples to oranges. Um, I mean, not really. Uh, we're comparing apples to apples to oranges. We're comparing red delicious to granny Smith. Sure. Um, because the first two are his movies, right? Yeah. The first two are John Carpenter. Um, and in comparison, like comparing just those two movies, uh, the gas station was far better than hair. Yes. Hair to me was just like some experimental plop. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, um, the gas station one was very much a pastiche on a lot of the things that he had already contributed to the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. Like they had the Halloween scene of the killer, like rising up behind the girl who's in the foreground mm-hmm. and they weren't really hiding that. There's, that's the one with the Haddonfield reference in it. Like, come on. Um, but the second one I thought was, it was very EC comics tales from the crypt esque, like his own hubris is what drove him to this madness. But yeah. And there was a, the little hair worm scared me in the hair one. There, there was, a, there was a good effect set piece in each of these stories. Um, and there's, Oh, the effects is where this movie shines. Definitely. But we'll get to that. But there is a shot that did scare me in the Mark Hamill one, which overall was the weakest. Which one was it, and was I asleep for that shot? Um, there's no there's a shot of this arm coming out of the garbage disposal. Oh, that one was good. That one was yeah, good. that was a good shot gag. And sir, I'm I'm not gonna throw Sergio under the bus for this one. I think he fell asleep for like 30 seconds, but he thinks it was more, and it wasn't. So he didn't miss anything. Well, I was really bored. Sorry, I was really bored by the third one. Yeah, I, it it that was def- by far the weakest. Mm-hmm. It took the longest to get See, where I it was going. I don't know going. that it was the weakest. I felt like it could have possibly been stronger had it not followed hair. What do you mean by that? I think that because hair to me was probably weaker. Um, so you just weren't ready for another story after that? Yeah. I think I was like already like, oh, okay, like I'm starting to tune out. Like this third one I know is not Carpenter, so I'm like, eh, I don't know if I care as much already. Okay, yeah, it doesn't. it's not pertinent to our review. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about that. And um, hair to me was just zanier. Um, yeah, I liked that. No, hair had uh, – we'll move on to campiness. Mm-hmm. Like – during this mm-hmm. i'm actually giving this movie three out of five perms i could give it four but i, I decided to balance I feel like we should give it wigs and for the record i too gave it three out of five okay great lace front wigs Th- that's not a thing i don't know why you keep saying it's that. a thing i'm sure it is but it's not relevant okay um so basically there's a, a part in the stacy keach hair one where he's envious of all these people's hair he sees this woman with his long luxurious blonde hair and then he sees this like dude with really long hair, and then another dude with really long hair who's played by Greg Nicotero, um, <gasps> the Greg Nicotero, yeah, the effects guy who's done like half the movies we've talked about on this podcast. Awesome. Um, he did. He worked on In the Mouth of Madness, I believe. So like they've been friends. Okay. Which was actually the year after. He keeps Body him Bites. a job. 
Yeah. Um, but then, so we see Greg Nicotero with his long hair, and then it pans down to his dog, which also is very fluffy and has very long hair. That was a good joke. It was a good joke. And Brennan called it. He was like, the next person's going to be a dog. I did. Uh, like, I was a little ahead of that whole situation. I mm-hmm. Although I never 100% guessed what was going on. I was like, well, that can't be good. Yeah, I thought that the whole hair transplant situation was going to turn him evil, a la The Simpsons. Yes, me too. House of Horror. But that's kind of what happened in the Mark Hamill one, because he got a transplant that turned you're him right, evil. You're right, you're right, you're right. So they, they combined already, the two. Yeah, they kind of did. Um, yeah, the hair one, I don't know if the ending was great, but I definitely I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. And the effects were gross as hell. I didn't enjoy the hair one as much. I'm sorry. I thought because it was, to me it seemed jokier, just because all the hair, he was flipping it and twirling it, and then he like unfurled the bandage, and it was just all this luxurious flowing locks. Yeah, no, um, but that's why I liked it. It felt very easy comics to me. Yeah, I don't know if that's what I was or looking like, for. Like the Crypt Keeper is always funny. Like, yeah, but just the, like the movies have three different feel. No, they really and do. And I feel like they really should sort of tie in together for uh, like a better overall effect or whatever. No, you're right. Um, but there was a great moment where um his girlfriend, who is a terrible actress, um after he's tried all these products you on mean his he's hair, like call girl. She's like she acts like his wife, but she keeps arriving at the apartment, and it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, but she kisses him on the head and then she comes back and her mouth is just covered in black dye. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's hilarious. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, and also just all this cast full of horror cameos was just really fun. Mm-hmm. I got to see Wes Craven in a movie. Yeah, I didn't really, uh, the only person that I recognized was Wes, but it was fun hearing you be like, oh, there's Wes. Oh, there goes, um... <laughs> oh, gosh. There's oh, David Naughton. There goes Gr- Nicotero. Oh, he's so good. That one is... Uh-huh. Um, and the, the morgue workers in the end, um, that that whole morgue sequence, because John Carpenter is the Crypt Keeper-type character. Uh-huh. But then there's other morgue workers, and it's Tom Arnold and Toby Hooper and uh, George Buck Flower, who's like a consummate character actor. He's in everything from Back to the Future to... Tom Arnold? Cheerleader Camp. No, Buck Flower. George Buckflower? No, 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 but Tom Arnold was one of the other people in the thing? Yeah. Ah. I literally told you that while we were watching it. You never listen to me. There's so much to absorb, Brennan. Uh-huh. And I maybe you're forgetting that you didn't tell me. I did tell you. We will never know. I remember specifically choosing not to tell you that that other one was Toby Hooper because I knew you wouldn't care that much. Oh. I would have cared more for Toby Hooper because okay, he fine. recently passed away. You're right. Yeah, R. this R. movie is just reminding me of all the dead people that I like. Yeah. Um, so it gets rougher and rougher. Also, oh, um, Roger Corman has a cameo. You pointed um, him out. I don't think I did. Oh, my God. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe I did. It has been a weird Who's day. Roger Corman? Uh, Roger Corman, he directed The Little Shop of Horrors. Where did he play? He played one of the doctors in the Mark Hamill baseball one. Okay. Yeah, um, but I actually just watched one of his 50s movies. I It was my 10-word review last week, which was It Conquered the World. Yeah, he's just a constant producer. He's like 91, and he's still making movies. Yeah. Like They're all for the sci-fi channel now, which is because pretty much that's always the level that he was at, mm-hmm. even in the 50s. Um, but he's really cool. He's a cool guy. He could yeah. make a film in five days with a script written on a napkin. And it would be watchable. And so it you're was. telling me that he can make a film, not that he should make a film in five days. I mean, he did many times. Uh. Little Shop of Horrors was made in five days. Because was it really? Set, yeah, because the set was going to be torn down. Little Shop of Horrors, a musical that changed the world? No, the the original film that the musical was based on. 
We talked about this in our Little Shop episode. There's an original 1960. Oh yes, we did. Yes, movie we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That got made into a music. I got you. I yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. I follow you now. Anyway, let's. What's your effects score? It's gonna be the most out of out of five. Uh, I don't know. Four stab wounds. Four. Four. Mm-hmm. I gave it four Medusa. I was gonna give it a three, but I agree. Four is pretty solid. Okay. Don't let my score like change your. Change your uh, your change my tune your tune yeah no but um Matt pointed out in his slew of tweets about our Christine episode that I was not fair to the effects on Christine which really were pristine for Christine um, at the team yeah exactly sure um, <laughs> <laughs> I just mispronounced time that's it oh okay that didn't work I'm sorry oh um, well I tried to make it rhyme <laughs> you were like pristine for Christine at the team. No, that's kind of a slant rhyme at best. Whatever. Um. Anyway. Um. No. So I just want to feel more inclined towards the effects because that was what made this movie for me. It was really fun. Uh-huh. They all had this show-stopping effect sequence. Um. And, you know, they're not like the most realistic, but I wouldn't want them to be, especially the hair one, because that was gross as crap. That was really gross. Uh-huh. That was a disgusting, gross ass vomitacular situation yeah what's that movie that has like the weird vines and people ruins the ruins the ruins yeah yeah there were there were a couple moments like that yeah it was i was pretty amazed that for like what 93 they were able to pull that off yeah i mean jurassic park came out the same year but john carpenter was not working on the with the steven spielberg budget that was universal this was showtime yeah which was great because they at least got to be dirty and gory and whatever okay like there is a moment where um john carpenter's coroner character is trying to pull out a a shelf with a dead body on it but it's a lady with big fake boobs so he can't pull it out all that was fun that was fun that was so crypt keeper-esque right yeah so sophomoric but it was funny Uh uh-huh um yeah what else uh i guess was what what was your favorite effect sequence um my favorite effect was the worm hairs Mm. my least favorite effect was uh the flashes that they the guy the baseball guy the mark mark hamill yeah he had whenever he was seeing something that triggered something in him yeah he was having these visions and it just kept flashing on the screen kind of like the finale of ben and arthur I don't remember that. No, it doesn't matter. It no. was, it was a, that terrible gay movie we watched, which was hilarious. No, I remember seeing the movie. I'm, no, I'm telling the people. I'm reminding the okay. people. Okay. I was like, I don't know what flashes occurred in that. No, because like- There was some weird slow-mos. There was like, it was like, well, not flashes, but it was like a double vision thing for like the whole climax. But yeah, that's not flashes though. Whatever. It was equally bad. It was equally bad. No, I don't think so. Okay. It was I less bad, but still bad. These flashes annoyed me because they didn't really cut to anything, did they? No, I feel I, like sometimes they might have, but sometimes they didn't. I think it was supposed to indicate a headache. Yeah, I see. I didn't get that. Yeah. I was expecting to see visions of something that he shouldn't have been seeing. Maybe it's because I was colored by a different movie or a different version of The Eye. Yeah. Um, were you thinking about The Eye? Uh-huh. Like with uh, Jessica Alba or uh-huh. whatever? Um, I was thinking about that that uh, one segment from VHS 2 where Adam Wingard gets a new robo-eye and he sees ghosts through it. I don't remember that specifically, but sure. Okay, yeah, that happened. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, what's your overall... Either way, we didn't get what we wanted. No, neither of us did mm-hmm. with that one. Mm-hmm. That one was weak. Um, it was no Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It was no Christine. No, it wasn't. Um, what's your overall quality score for body bags? Uh, I gave it four. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. What'd you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a three. Okay. Um, If only because it's not as good as In the Mouth of Madness, which mm-hmm. I gave a four and a week four at that. Um, cause it, it, it's, it's a, it, it, it is a chintzy movie, but I really enjoy that. It's exactly what I'm looking for from a like silly anthology picture mm-hmm. minus the, the Mark Hamill one. Cause there's always one bad one in an anthology movie. I think the number of stories in this was perfect, but the last one could have been stronger. Yeah. You really don't need any more than three stories. No, in an anthology. not really. Four is pushing it. Well, I mean, debatably, there are four because there's the overall one happening yeah, at the same time. The overarching one, I don't count. Although that one, again, just like Tales from the Hood, had a great ending. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to give that one away. No, you guys just have to watch it yourselves. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, Yeah. So yeah, the things that I liked about this movie was that it was really well produced. Uh-huh. And I really liked how when we were watching the movie, say for Tom Arnold, you would like tell me, oh, there goes Wes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, there goes the American Werewolf from London. Oh, there goes Stacy Keach. Oh, Keach. Whatever. He's not like an a a delicious egg dish. Uh-huh. There's Twiggy. There's Mark Hamill. Like that to me was really cool because it's like oh look at all these people make all these friends making. Yeah, movie. it seemed like the horror community like putting on a little mm-hmm. talent show for us. Yeah, it was really cute and fun. And it's fun to see Hollywood act like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As a family, because we forget, Brennan, that these are just people, and that although Hollywood is a business and a terrible business in the wake of Harvey Weinstein, but uh-huh. um, they they are also a family, and friendships are made. No, you're right, and, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. And I gotta say, if anything about the eye segment that I did not like, we at least got to see a Mark Hamill performance as directed by Toby Hooper, which is not something I could say I ever expected to see, and it was very bizarre, and no. his accent was tremendously weird. Who's accent? Marks? Mark Hamill. He was like Southern the whole time. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't pick up on it. It was inconsistent. So I guess that's why it was so bad. Yeah, yeah. No, but it it was a little little just a little bit bonkers and I enjoyed that. Um but yeah, so this is the closing episode of our John Carpenter month. So let's do a check in. How are you feeling about John Carpenter, the man, JC? Uh you know, there were some really high highs, uh-huh. some really high highs, uh, but there were also some low lows, you know, some stinkers. Okay. Um, and I feel like when he's on, he's on, and when he's not, he's not. <laughs> that was a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I think as much as I dislike- I feel overall, he's a man with great talent, and it's uh-huh. like really good technical talent. Yeah. Um, I would probably liken him to- uh, oh no, I broke this. Um, to like an old school David Fincher. Okay. Uh, but probably more skilled than David is. But he probably doesn't get as much credit, I think. No, you're right. I think uh, nowadays he's getting a little more, which mm-hmm. is good. I mean, clearly he gets credit like with your people. Yeah, with my people. Um, but like, you know, with amongst the. The, the general film populace. The film, you know, Elitia. The cognoscenti. Sure. Whatever. I don't know what that is, but I'll, be, I'll, t- I'll believe uh-huh. you. Is it Latin? Yeah. What's it Latin for? Like smart people. Okay. The cognoscenti. The thinkers. It might be cognoscenti or something. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I've come out, come out of this with a little more confidence in just like watching any random John Carpenter movie. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like I said in the beginning of this month, I'm always a little wary with him. 
Um, because I tend to find his pacing a little um, just arid and hard for me to process and kind of boring the oh, first yeah? time I watch his movies. Um, but with with these ones, except for The Fog, I enjoyed them mostly. Um, and these last two of this month were the ones that really spoke to me the most. But Christine was good, too. Um, that was the one where I was still on the fence and the fog, I fell off the fence and then I like climbed bruised and bloody back on and I'm like ready for more. I could do more. We really disliked and liked different things about these movies. I think we did. Yeah. We will talk about that when we do our rankings, which is in one sec. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cause Matt got really mad when I told him our last movie was going to be body bags. He was like, do a real one. Um, but I, I think I made the right choice. I really enjoyed this one. And I liked, I like to see him having fun because it proves he's not some like technical film wizard robot, mm-hmm. which is kind of how I felt about him. Uh huh. That he has a sense of humor. Yeah. Like I, I, I've always felt, except for like they live, I felt his movies are very chilly and detached. I think that's what I liked about. Christine. No, that is what you like about. That's very much the Fincher thing yeah. that you're talking about. But I just, I like to. Um, with with a director who is basically an auteur, which is the idea of like someone who can actually like firmly imprint their personality and style onto all of their films, because he wrote and directed and has a very distinctive style. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to feel like a se- a sense of a strong personality, like because I always get that from Wes Craven. I mm-hmm. always get to see the weird ideas bubbling around in his head and the things he wants to talk about. But with Carpenter, I feel like he always makes a beautiful, great movie, but not one that I connect to. Mm-hmm. But these last two, I feel like I have found a more personal side of him. Oh man, I, I just, I'm just, I want to hear your ratings because we <laughs> got very different things from these movies. Okay, um, well, let's do our rankings. Let's start at our bottom one, number four, and work our way up and just see how it goes. And like, you do your four, I do my four, and back and forth. Okay. Okay. So, in the mouth of darkness, madness. <laughs> Mine was The Fog, which I don't think you'd contest. No, I wouldn't because The Fog is my number three. Okay. And my number three is uh, Christine. I'm getting a look. Get out of here. This is an audio medium, but the here. look is killing. Get out of here. My look, number two look, look. is... There, there is a sharp uptick between The Fog and Christine. It's not... They are next to each other just numerically. God, I but can't believe you disliked Christine that much to be a number three. I, it just didn't touch me. It didn't reach out. It wasn't supposed touch to fate. touch you. It was a movie. There'd I, be problems I, if it did touch you. No, I thought the pacing was willy wonky. The pacing was fine. It, 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 it just didn't work for me. Pacing was fine. Story was fine. The car was cool. You're just a hater. I'm sorry. You just hate manly things. So what's your number two? Uh, the body bags. So we can agree on that at least. We have body bags for number two. Yes, and you really liked the zany, uh, in the mouth of madness. It wasn't zany. I mean, it was. It was okay. It was weird. It was weird. But it wasn't like funny zany. Like body bags was There's zany. There's a reason. I was like, oh god, <laughs> and I was like knocked out. No, I I I really liked in the mouth of madness. I thought it had some really distinctive visual stuff and it was actually I was expecting you to like be oh surprise my number one's Halloween like you know <laughs> what you gonna do now but no th- that thing no I really liked In the Mouth of Madness okay. I thought it brought H.P. Lovecraft to the screen in a way that hasn't really been done that I have seen who wants H.P. Lovecraft on screen uh people who like hentai I guess you see hentai yeah 
the tentacles. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Okay, Whatever. Well, I'm happy for you. Anyway, uh, but to 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 kind of stave off an argument, let's play a game. Well, my number one is Christine. In case you guys didn't tell, which is why I was. Yeah, so we friggin' know, man. That Brennan's was number three. Like, how oh, dare I'm you? Sorry, I'm sorry. I failed you. You did. Anyway. I'm going to bring back a really old game that we literally played on the very first episode of this mm-hmm. very podcast. Me and Shannon, I mean. Um, it's called The Divination Game. So basically, I'm going to give you the future career of an actor in one of John Carpenter's movies, and you have to guess who it is. I'm going to give you the the movie, and you can give me the character name. Okay. Or even the character type, because you won't remember the names. Um, let, let's just go. Um, I'm going to talk about an actor who was in Christine. He went on to be in Top Gun, but he also went on to direct Blue Crush, Turistas, and four episodes of The L Word, which I thought was interesting. Um, was it the pretty guy? It was. It was the jock who was played by John Stockwell. Ding, ding, you get a point. Yay. Isn't that great for you? Yes, I do. Okay, number two. Oh, my God. Yes, it is great for me. Yeah. Put the mic up to your face. I'm sorry. You got to chill. You got it. People need to hear your beautiful, sparkling bon mots. Okay. Okay. So, what actress from The Fog? Okay, this is hilarious. Because she played two separate computers. She played the mainframe computer in Demolition Man, and she played the central computer in Judge Dredd. And then she also went on to the uh, just totally notorious roles as Cat Lady in Dog Who Saved Christmas and Homeless Woman in The Santa Trap. So she's she's not done well by Christmas movies. And this is the fog. Yes, it's the woman who um. She's so loud now. Well, you know, oh, please. <laughs> I know you're mad at me, but don't punish the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, is it the woman you met at the horror con? Yeah, the one who I shared a bathroom with, Adrian Barbeau. That sounds weird. She used the bathroom after I did. It was okay. beautiful. Um, you're doing great. Okay, what actor from In the Mouth of Madness? Went on to star in such things as 24, The Da Vinci Code, Air Force One, The English Patient. And he also starred in the classic German film Das Boot. Did he also star in Jurassic Park and The Tudors? No. So it's not Sam Neill? It is not. Um, Who else was in that that was male? Think about it. Read into it. Read Um. right into it. Read? Yeah. Read. No. It's about books. So I said read. Books. Okay, it's Sutter Kane, the author. Okay. Whatever. I you you were not. You I were, was not. I you were out of him. this world during this I, movie. Nope. You're right. This movie is too much for my little brain to handle. Yeah, that was the actor Jurgen Prochnow or whatever, however you pronounce his name. I don't know how you expected me to even remember, like There was an author in the mo- there are two male characters in the movie other than Charlton Heston, who you could have said, but it would have been wrong. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that game was a you got two out of three. That's fine. Sixty six point six repeating percents. That's a D. I wanted an A. Well, you could have gotten it, but you failed. Samuel was in Jurassic Park. Partial credit. That gives me a C. Go me. Sure. What else was he in? He was also in the Tudors. What else? Um. In the Mouth of Madness. Sure. Hunt for the Wilder People is what I was thinking. Okay. I haven't seen that uh, yet. You saw it without me. I know. It's so good, though. Anyway, if you want to talk to us about John Carpenter, tell us your favorite John Carpenter movie. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Uh, email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars if you agree with Sergio that Christine is the best John Carpenter movie. It is. Give us five stars if you agree with me that In the Mouth of Madness is the best John Carpenter movie And of the give month. us five stars if you agree with Matt that Halloween is the best Carpenter film. I don't. I I I assume he would say that because Halloween's like his favorite movie. But I feel like he'd waffle in some way and be like, "Well, Halloween's my favorite movie, but my favorite John Carpenter film is." I'm just gonna say, "Assault on Precinct 13." Tweet at me. Hit me up. Let me know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, our theme song is "A Beat for You" by Pseudo Echo off their album Autumnal Park. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. And until uh, our our next episode, we're starting a new month, which would be the first Friday of Whoa. November, whenever that is. Uh, we'll see you then. Until then, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was was really fun and not awkward at all. (laughs) Bye.